Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 53, recorded on June 13th, 2018, where John and Jason talk about new initiatives in their world, discuss my analytics, Azure machine learning, and some of the Power BI service limits and what to do about them. Morning, John. Good morning, Jason. How are you this fine day? Uh, man, I'm a little bit on the sleepy side today. Oh, yeah? Other than that, I'm doing okay. We're burning the candle at both ends, getting ready for a big product launch at Rackspace. And so I, w- I was up recording some training for some of our internal folks until about 2 in the morning last night. Oh, that's no but fun. Man, it, we've been working on this product launch for a really long time, and so it feels really good to be coming to the end of it. And if it's only one more night of sleep that I lose over all of this, I think that's a win. So <laughs> I've been bashing my head against the wall with some new tech stuff. So that's probably I think I win on that one. Yeah, I think you, I think that's probably a little bit more fun than mine. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so uh, we can just dive right into today, man. We. Uh, we were looking and we went through all of the awesome news that Microsoft had in two episodes. Yep. And we realized that it's been a little while since we sat down and talked about what's new with the world of John and Jason. And there's some pretty interesting, cool stuff going on. There sure is, yeah. And so we thought maybe it would be a, a good opportunity to spend a few minutes and talk about the things that we're doing that we're interested in. Because, man, uh, some of the stuff you're working on is really, really cool. And some of the stuff that I'm working on is stuff that I'm working on. <laughs> Of general interest. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're pounding at the edges of some uh, of some of the tech that uh, I suppose our listeners are playing with on a daily basis. So, uh, my job is to to beat my head against the wall so others don't have to. In some cases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, you got a nice flat spot growing there today, buddy. So uh, <laughs> that's okay. Nobody can see it. It's higher up than most people. So, <laughs> well, I'll jump through a couple of hoops on my stuff first because I think sure. that the majority of the interest for today is going to be around the stuff that you're working on, man. Possibly, as I mentioned, I'm working on a big product launch here at Rackspace. We are getting ready to launch our Rackspace application services for Office 365, which is a really cool new way of of doing a a managed services offering and transformation for customers. So we're getting ready to... It's like a a more accessible help desk, right? I mean, someone a little more (laughs) hands-on, someone who will actually answer the phone that uh, you can understand, you know, is that basically the idea? That definitely is a component of what we're doing, but the more exciting component is the thing that I've been working on for the past three years, which is the advisory component of what we do, which is helping guide people to the right solutions with Office 365, not just doing the thing that Microsoft thinks is really cool right now. And hey, you really need to be all in on Teams. Everybody needs to be in on Teams. Hey, John, are you in on Microsoft Teams? I've heard of it. Is it, is it a thing? It seems to be a thing that Microsoft is really pushing. And you know what? It's really <laughs> cool tech. I'll be honest with you. I'm excited by it. I use it every day. But you know what? Not every customer is ready for it right this minute. And when they go looking for support and help, that's what everybody's pushing right now. Instead of analyzing what the customer's needs are and helping them with what they need as opposed to what's shiny and cool. So that's a big thing that we're focused on, and that's a big part of our offering. That's cool. And 
you know, lowering the overall cost for customers to do all of these things and making it all more accessible. So that's Raz for 365. It's really cool stuff. And we're, we've broadened our portfolio. We're doing not just Office 365, but Microsoft 365 as well. So seeing that transformation happen as director of technical strategy and seeing those things come to light, it's, uh, not quite as exciting as having one having one of my kids born, but you know it is sort of like adopting a cat, you know, <laughs> where where you're you're really really excited. You don't quite know exactly what's gonna what's gonna be, but man, it, it's really exciting and fresh and new. So <laughs> I'm very excited about it. You know, my role changed at Rackspace back on April 1st, and I moved out of uh, out of the CTO office and back into the business unit where we're doing all the work. And uh, part of my role these days is focused on strategic partnerships. So I'm getting ready to, you know, we just got back from Vegas, John, and I'm getting ready to have to go back again. Lucky you. Inspire and Ready are in the same week this summer, in the middle of July. July, John, in Vegas. Oh, Can yeah. Can you think of anything better than the middle of the desert? Desert in the heat of the summer. I don't know. Poking my eye with a sharp stick might be a little better than that. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my thought that. as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, if only I could just stay inside one building and not move. But no, of course, I have to transition between hotels and and events and things like that. It's going to make uh, Orlando in September seem like a walk in the park. You know, it really is. And I will probably lose ten pounds just from the sweat alone. I'm not <laughs> sure that my partners are going to want to spend as much time <laughs> hugging on me then. But you know, that's okay. We've got some really awesome stuff that is lining up for that event. You know, partnership meetings that I'm driving as well as. Uh, some really exciting stuff that I will post some Instagram pictures from. I've given you hints on it, but I'm not going to say anything more about it here. It's really cool stuff. Find me in Vegas and I'll tell you more about it if you're going to be there. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I'm working on, man, is a renewed focus on process because I'm, I'm helping our sales org a lot right now. And I'm focusing in on our process of how things work and you know, how to be less annoying to customers and get the right information the first time and overall make things better by using the right processes. And all of those processes lead to better analytics on the backside. And so I'm focusing in, my kids go to a lighthouse school. I've talked about this before, the uh, the Covey mentality of begin with the end in mind. So everything I'm doing is focusing in on how am I going to visualize all of these things in Power BI in order to be able to measure success at the end. So lots of really cool stuff I'm doing around that on the using of Power BI and less on the building and more on the using, which is an interesting place to be these days. And the last piece that I will mention is just yesterday, and this is more on the techie geek side. I got moved because we're, we're starting to switch around our licensing a little bit. I got moved off of an E3 license in Office 365 over to an E5 license. And, you know, it used to be when you got E5 that you could go light up my analytics and it would take 30 days for it to start to analyze. And, you know, I was really down on my analytics because of that, because it should know already. If I've been on Office 365 for a while, it should know that what I've been doing and all of these other things. And so I've been, I was down on it. Yesterday, I got switched over to an E5 license. Last night, around midnight, I got an email that said, go check out your analytics. And it actually has all the historical stuff there. Sure. Well, not all of it. <laughs> well, for the stuff that my analytics yeah. gives you, yeah. it does have it. And How far back? 
did you find? I went back uh, at least two months. I didn't bother to go f- too much further back than that. It should go back about six months, I think. Yeah, yeah. but the reality is, is that it, it's showing you interesting information about how you utilize email and your time. It's not what I would call Office 365 analytics. It's specifically about my habits and patterns, which that is pretty cool because I like to know who I'm spending the most time with in meetings. And I have to write a top of mind report for my boss every week. And it's interesting to be able to look at it and go, wow, I spent 16 hours in meetings with him this past week. Maybe I don't need to tell him quite as much. Or, you know, I spent a lot of time with these other people. And it's not just internal people, John. It actually does the analysis. <laughs> I'm telling you, first day with the new mouth, as you like to say. Yeah, it does the the proper analysis on you know external users as well. So it's able to tell me a lot of interesting detail about that. Now, I'm not sure if I will go back and look at it every week. I certainly won't look at it every day. But it might be something that I take a look at once a month and just sort of see how my trends are. I know there's some goal stuff in there that you can set, like how many after hours emails you read. Well, I read about half of my email after hours because I have partners and customers and and rackers in other time zones. So, you know, I do a lot of that after hours. Kind of interesting stuff, though, with the My Analytics thing. It is. And then there's the, uh, there's the kind of group analog to it, which is the workplace analytics. And we're, well, we'll get to my stuff in a minute, but we're actually talking to those guys because we kind of augment what they're up to. They're, they're analyzing email, it would, and it, which is basically why we don't, <laughs> because they're doing that part of it. We're, we kind of, so anyway, we'll come back to that. But yeah, it's interesting. I think this is the perfect time, John. Lead right in, man. For a long time, man, we throw around the term tie graph. I don't like to do much on the promotion side here, but uh, we've often done conversational analytics around Yammer. We've done that for years. That's the, that's the more mature of our products. And uh, as I like to say, we started with the hardest API first. <laughs> but we basically got quite a bit of expertise built up in doing conversational and organize, organizational analytics around that sort of a signal. We've branched out over the last year. We've put out our TIGRAPH for SharePoint product, which is a little more IT focused. That's more around the content. It does some analysis in that area. TIGRAPH Pulse, which again goes across the top of the waves, gives you some top-line analytics for all of Office 365, Skype, Teams, etc. But more recently, we've come out with um, TIGRAPH for OneDrive, similar to SharePoint, only it's focused on the professional OneDrives. And it gives you, you know, kind of a uh, across-the-board look at uh, what your OneDrives are using in the organization. And coming very, very soon, as soon as we can get these bloody signals turned on. Microsoft, are you listening? <laughs> but uh, waiting in the wings, because the, the API is there, there's just no data in it, is going to be TIGRAPH for Teams, which will take our all of our learning from the, from the Yammer conversational analytics and apply it to Teams. Did you say Teams was hot? I think Teams is a thing that Microsoft is talking a lot about these days. I think they're mentioning it. So, yeah, we've got a ton of stuff going on on uh, on the product front and that leads to you know some of the some of the stuff I've been doing with over the last little while coming back from the uh, the SharePoint conference and from Germany I kind of had my head full of a few things uh, one of them, one of them was you know get to know machine learning and uh, I think I talked about on the on the on the podcast last week or the week before um, bumping into some spam bots coming out of the uh, SharePoint conference North America 
So I went and tackled uh, a spam detection algorithm in Azure Machine Learning. I was able to build an engine that detected those spams. But uh, thus far, it's, uh, I'm striking out a little bit, and it turns out it's, it's really, really hard, and it's Twitter in particular that makes that a little bit tough. So I'm going to be doubling back on that. But uh, as part of that whole process... It's been fun because I've I've gotten my hands on Azure Machine Learning, Machine Learning Studio, and understanding a number of the things you can do with a number of the algorithms they put up there for you. And it's certainly nothing to be afraid of. Certainly, if you're familiar to or with uh, ETL processes at all, I mean, it looks an awful lot like something you could build with SSIS. There are obviously different actions and things. But machine learning, I mean, is important, should be important to our audience because, you know, we're called bifocal, right, or bifocal. And business intelligence has three pieces, right? Reporting, monitoring, and prediction. And this is the predictive part of it. And what's happened, in the, uh, the other big realization, you know, we, 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 you know, AI, machine learning, do you know what the other word for it is? statistical modeling which has been around forever <laughs> and ever and that's what we're dealing with i mean i my my undergrad thesis was doing a linear regression with multiple variables to optimize a, a reactor don't doesn't matter what the details are but it's using that same mechanism with you know it was with sas you know remember sas out of north carolina statistical analysis systems i shouldn't say remember they're still around but it's that same principle but the big change here and that's been in analysis services forever but nobody used it i mean i shouldn't say nobody but it wasn't widely used because it wasn't very accessible well, slap a nice new UI on it, call it Azure Machine Learning, and you're away to the races. It's a little bit like what they did with Power BI, right? They put that UI on analysis services and made it accessible. So I'm pretty, I'm actually quite excited about it. There's some ideas I want to explore around auto classification, which is certainly in the realm of possibility with this. So that'll be the next thing I hit from a pure research standpoint. I'm babbling. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Like, I love it when you get on a roll and just start talking about these things because this is uh, this is the power of of BI, in my opinion. It is it's to be the ability to do all of these things, to be able to pull it all in. It's not just oh, great, I have a single report that I can just visualize on. It's the what do I do with the intelligence that it's giving me? How do I turn that into something powerful? That for me. Yeah, it's new kinds of insights, right? And we're poised. We're, I'm looking at some really interesting things we can do. You remember I talked about Tigraphs doing conversational analytics? Well, wouldn't that be interesting to take the corpus of data that we have access to and start to learn from that, right? What, you know, words mean contextually and how to, like things like auto-tagging are, really kind of jump out at me as uh, as possibilities. Yeah, it's definitely something as you take a look at what Microsoft was, has been talking about over the past month, going back to Vegas, as you start to look at it, very, very, very interesting stuff that you can do with all of this. And I think as people started to take a look at what you could do with lists, one of the comments that I heard was that one of the most interesting things that came out of the keynote was the stuff that Chris McNulty was showing yep. with being able to do analytics around list data and being able to do some auto classification and tagging. They're already working on all the metadata stuff and things of that that are really cool within SharePoint, but being able to do the analyzation or analysis, as you like to refer to it, around <laughs> all of this data, I think that it's really interesting to be able to take a look at to your point, the corpus of data and whether that corpus of data is all of the data that you guys collect with Tigraph about an entire tenant, or more specifically with the examples that Chris was showing in, in that keynote, 
the data around a person or the data around a site collection, being able to analyze that information, looking at it through the Microsoft Graph side of things, I think is really interesting. And I think that the Microsoft Graph, especially if you're in the Office 365 and Power BI space, is going to lead to some really, really awesome analysis and some really cool stuff that we're going to be able to do in very short order. Well, we're already doing it. <laughs> I know you are, my friend. Graph is one of our uh, one of our sources. Yeah, absolutely. And well, you know what though? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good lead into one of the other things I'm I'm bumping into too. So some of the um some of our larger customers, you know, we we go out and harvest everything and we keep it as long as you want, right? We're, we don't limit. That's why I kind of mentioned this six months thing. If you want to do year over year analysis, you need to keep it longer. And that leads to some interesting challenges in terms of the amounts of data. We've got big customers with hundreds of millions of rows of data. And, you know, we're processing that every day. We start to run into some of the limits of the Power BI service. I mean, we've got the, the you know in the shared capacity, you got the one gig limit. Well, here's something that might be of interest to you. You know how uh, dedicated capacity, you've got a ten gig limit now, right? Yeah. Good luck uploading a model that's any larger than two gig. Doesn't work. Oh, really? You get timeouts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm sure that that'll ultimately become a little bit better. But the whole point of that is they want they basically that limit is there for the model to grow to, not necessarily be uploaded in. So you got to come up with some rather unique strategies in terms of getting that model down under a gig or under two gig, really, and then ha- use refresh to bring it up above that. So it can be a little bit tricky from time to time. Yeah, it's just a, it's not a theoretically, it's a, it's a practical limit of like uh, of HTTP. Or- I was going to say, is it a .NET thing? Because we've got around that with SharePoint. Yes. Because now you can upload larger files, but two gigs has always been the limit on the .NET side of the house. And so if they're still leveraging those functions, then yeah, I could see why that would be there. I can't say a two gig is a hard limit, but it seems to be the area where you start to start to bump into problems. It's interesting. I wonder if that's in user voice, John. I wonder if it is. I, if it isn't, it, it probably will be shortly. I have a funny feeling that may end up in the show notes here. Another one of the ways to work around that is to move your data model into Azure Analysis Services. And that's something I'm working on, well, right at the moment, just the process of doing that. It's gotten easier lately. A guy in a cube, uh, Patrick in particular, has got a good video up there on, the, he calls it the grow up story, which is the same thing we call it, oddly enough. Yeah, how about that? About how to take your PBS. IX file and take it up into the service and then maintain it from there on in. There are some gotchas that uh, Patrick doesn't quite uncover that I'm working through right at the moment. But that's a that's a totally valid way of moving up because once you get it into Azure Analysis Services or even on-prem analysis services, the world's your oyster. There are no limits as to what you can do except, of, of course, your wallet. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, that and I'm uh, I'm I'm about to embark on some new stuff that uh, that while well, we both heard about it, the MVP some of it we still can't talk about that's based on uh, the CDSA that we can talk about. So that's going to be that's uh, I'm kind of looking at the, there's some nice new challenges to play with, which I always which I always enjoy. We're actually playing with similar stuff over at Rackspace, so it's fun to be able to collaborate on the super secret stuff sometimes, knowing that you know what we know about it. It's uh, Really, really interesting, and hopefully by the uh, the ignite time frame, it'll be something that will be talked about. I think so, yeah. But uh, definitely, a watch this space. The CDSA we haven't talked much about recently because they announced it, and it started to trickle out a little bits here and there. But it's definitely something that uh, there's big doings behind the scenes right now. Definitely a, a watch this space sign hung right on the on, on the locked door around that. Some people might have it in their tenant in a preview fashion. I'm not saying no, no, no. no. 
yeah, that that sounds like something that you would uh, you would you would tease. So, <laughs> well, John, I know that uh, Microsoft has lots of stuff in the hopper, lots of stuff doing. There's little bits and pieces are starting to trickle out about what Ignite is going to be. There's, I believe, 103 days left before Ignite. I happen to have seen that in a tweet last night. I'm not actually counting myself. But a couple of uh, important things that are happening at the beginning of July. Number one, MVP renewals, which will be interesting to watch. Hopefully we get renewed. Cross my fingers for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but secondly, uh, is the announcements around the speakers for Ignite, as well as the podcasts. So hopefully we will be uh, we will be there. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. But uh, you know, there's no guarantee. We were there last year. They may want to bring in fresh blood, although they may want to see some returns. So we're hoping for that and actively lobbying. Hopefully we didn't embarrass ourselves too badly last time. Well, you know, I don't think that I yelled at anybody too loudly. Uh, Suri may may have uh, may have had taken the objection to a couple things, but you know, for the <laughs> most part, I think we were all right. So that's coming up. John, I think you have a conference coming up here in June, don't you? We've got a couple, actually. There's one, uh, it's it's a week, well, as we record this, it's a week Friday, June, uh, June the 22nd at Microsoft Canada. It's called The Power of the Cloud. It's a new one organized by a couple of fellow MVPs. It's already sold out. So and it's got a rather interesting premise to it. Uh, a number of people, well, in our track, the business track, there's going to be a presentation on Power Apps, there's going to be a presentation on Flow, and a presentation on Power BI. The one on Power BI is the one I'm doing specifically focused on SharePoint, and SharePoint's a part of it. The The other two are given by Microsoft presenters who are coming in for the event, which is great. And at the end of it, we kind of bring it all together and give the uh, give the attendees a workshop for a couple of hours, and we all walk through how they can put all this stuff together themselves. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I, I need the data to be able to build the report, so I'm still waiting to do my piece of it. So we got a week left. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You don't mind having getting things at the last minute, do you, John? Well, I've been working with you for years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but you're always the prepared one, man. You're yeah. always the one who's got it buttoned up. So I do my best. I also have a, uh, it's the same presentation I'm giving on the Friday, but I'm the Toronto SharePoint Users Group on uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So that would make it uh, June the 20th. Bit of a busy week in Toronto the next week. I don't often go into the big city, but uh, but I will. Uh, you know, at least you get to stay home. You get to stay poolside for the most part. Yep. That's that's my summer, man. That's my summer. Yeah, unfortunately or unfortunately, I'm not exactly sure which. Uh, I don't get to stay home quite as much this summer. My family is uh, is taking me out to uh, to the East Coast to go do some family stuff. Uh, so I'll be in D.C. and then the Boston area. But um, I'm going back to uh, SharePoint Saturday in New York. I don't know whether this is my seventh year there or eighth. I, I've lost track at this point. Uh, but I'm popping out to SharePoint Saturday in New York at the end of July. And then uh, you and I meet up at SharePoint Fest Seattle yep. in August. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and uh, the plan right now is I'm going to be down there on the, the previous weekend. I'm going diving with John Sanders. That'll be fun. Oh, very nice. Yeah, first time out in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm... I, if only I had my patty training, I would uh, I would look at joining you. But it would help. I, yeah, I don't think that's going to be in the cards this time around. Although you know, Father's Day's this weekend, and my wife keeps asking me what do I want, and I keep telling her patty training, but that hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. And then the following week, we are going to be at SP TechCon in Boston. You are. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're not coming with me, are you? I'm not going to that one. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I will be there, and, uh, you know, you, you will be poolside once again. I will. 
<laughs> yeah, it should be a great conference. It's the return to Boston of SP TechCon. Uh, we were in DC last year, so it should be great. Uh, it's always nice to be back in New England. Yeah, I'd love to go to that. So that's a that's a great show. I just can't quite make it this year. It's uh, trying to focus on uh, not traveling too much in the summer. So that's the bottom line. Well, you do have a great pool, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been in it for a couple of weeks, but the kids have. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really hot in Texas during the summer, John. So I tend to do that more in the uh, December, January, February time frame where I try and stay home, whereas you do that during the summer. So. Exactly. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, with that, man, oh, there's one other thing. They just released the latest episode of the IntraZone. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the episode six, The Desktop Diet. And uh, I had the uh, honor and pleasure of being a guest on that podcast Ooh. with uh, Mark Cashman and Chris McNulty. So if you're uh, if you're still listening to us at this point, go check them out. Their podcast runs a little bit longer than ours does, but uh, interesting stuff coming direct out of Microsoft. And they also do some spotlights on uh, on community folks. And I was lucky enough to be one of their guests. So. Awesome, awesome. That was was that recorded in Vegas? That was recorded live in Las Vegas at the SharePoint conference. Very cool. Very cool, because I remember you having to run off and talk to those guys. I did. It was it was a good time. Uh, it was a fun conversation. A lot about Rackspace, a decent amount about the podcast here as well. But uh, it was good. It was great to chat with them. And, uh, yeah, that's all I had for this week, John. I don't know about you. Anything else you wanted to end on? I think that uh, that wraps us up fairly well. Um, gives us an overview of the summer, and uh, we'll be back with probably some news next time. Oh, definitely. I know that there's lots of stuff looking to trickle out throughout the course of the summer. Unlike a lot of the other services, Power BI tends to be very active during the summer. Could be because they have the Business uh, Application Summit. Yep. That's coming up soon. Yeah, it's very, very soon. Neither of us are attending that one this year. It's just too much travel. I can't say for sure that I'm not, but I'm not planning on it right Ooh, at the moment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I will not be there. One too many for me, man. But, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching very closely. I'm jealous because Malcolm Gladwell is the keynote for that one. That's right. Yeah. Fellow Canadian, by the way. Yeah, it's, I've been looking at masterclass.com, and he has a masterclass that's coming out soon. That's uh, that's one of those things I'm I'm eager to take a look at more. Masterclass is uh, a bunch of people that have all recorded these classes, and you you get access to them for one cost. And I'm really interested. I'm, I'm, I may be doing that this summer as a that's cool little bit of extra education for myself because there's a bunch of stuff about a bunch of writers who've done it, a bunch of uh, actors who've done it, you know, music musicians and, and sports uh, figures and stuff like that, but also some scientists and really, really cool stuff. So anyway, that's all I've got, John. If you learn anything new, hold it for next week. I'll do that. We've got more cool stuff to talk about then. Sounds fantastic, sir. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 